Welcome to the EcoBot Podcast, where we dive into what matters most for the 21st century wetland scientists and continue in our journey in respect to the convergence of technology and wetland science. 19th century American physicist William Pollard stated, without change, there is no innovation, creativity, or incentive for improvement. Those who initiate change will have a better opportunity to manage the change that is inevitable. I'm your host, Jeremy Shavey, and on today's episode, I'm joined by several preeminent scientists and technologists discussing new and innovative tech tools we are using to improve workflow efficiency, accuracy, and effectiveness in wetland projects. Joining me today are Kim Ponzio, environmental scientist at the St. John's River Management District, Jeff Ingebrigtsen, a GIS specialist from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Bridget Wagner, geospatial lead from HDR, Scott Denham, permitting manager at Environmental Solutions and Innovations, Darren Lauchs at Tremble, and Daniel Martin from ESRI. Let us begin with Kim Ponzio from the St. John's River Water Management District. So thanks, Jeremy. Uh, just real quick, a little information about my background that maybe Jeremy already covered, but I'm a wetland scientist. I've been working at the St. John's River Water Management District as a wetland scientist for over 31 years now. That's a long time. Uh, the district's mission is to protect water resources in the state of Florida. So the tool is sort of like the entryway app into something that's super simple. It's a tool I'd like to briefly review, and that's the iNaturalist application. So the purpose of the iNaturalist app is to connect a network of naturalists, citizen scientists, and biologists that want to map and share observations of plants and animals around the globe. So that, that biodiversity that Jeremy's talking about that we're all trying to capture. And you can make the geographic location of those uh, data as public or as private as you want. So if you want to perhaps protect known locations of a listed plant or animal, um, you can go ahead and, and make it so that that is protected. And the data takes no space on your devices and it's literally at your fingertips. Of course, you do have to have some wireless internet connection to do this. Um, you can save things that if you're so outbound that you don't have any connection, you can save those and then enter them later. It's a very easy app to use. You can look at a number of tutorials, but it's available both on your mobile devices and on your desktop. There is an extensive and collaborative database, and I do mean extensive. It's free and it has over 16 and a half million observations, over 450,000 observers, 100,000 species are documented by over 1 million observers. So it's a very robust data set. Also, your observations that you make on this are vetted by experts. Uh, and if they're verified by several identifiers, you can be upgraded to uh, research, what they call research grade. Your observations can also be added to projects. I have found this app to be really helpful for my work in wetland restoration and conservation at the Water Management District. 
Um, and personally, I'm not going to lie, I am addicted to cataloging everything I see whenever I go on a walk around my neighborhood or even in my own backyard. I'm taking pictures of things to find out what they are and to help catalog for the community that I'm sharing this with. And did I mention it's completely free? I may not have mentioned that, but it's it's free. So thank you, Jeremy, for letting me introduce that. You betcha. And you actually have gotten me to start using the app as well. So it's been fun. I've actually been using it to ascend some nice T and E species for a few other things. So all right. Well great. Well so let's uh let's bring Jeff in next from Fish and Wildlife Service. You ready, Jeff? So hi, I'm Jeff. I'm a GIS specialist with the uh, National Wetlands Inventory. We're a natural, natural spanning data set of, of wetlands, um, polygons, and, and mostly we create those by looking at aerial imagery and basically drawing them. So unfortunately, we don't get to go out in the field as much as any of us would prefer. But when we do, or when we get to send people out in the field on our behalf, <laughs> we've been starting to, to use uh, mobile devices more and more. This particular instant uh, instance that I'll be talking about is for our um, every 10 years status and trends study. Uh, we map the change in wetlands in uh, 5,048 two square mile polygons across the nation. I wasn't around for the last one, but I know that they weren't using collector on iPads for it. And we have seven different cooperators that go out and visit these plots, or at least a percentage of them, to check if the aerial signature they're seeing matches what is actually on the ground. My life as the data manager for this project has been made uh, much easier by using ArcGIS Online and, and Collector. I get to create some field photo and field data point template layers. Our cooperators get to go fill them in with information that's relevant for them to, to make their uh, line work correct or more correct, correct-ish. Um, but then I also get to look at the data on ArcGIS Online. We get to get those photos for all of our QC processing. We also get to keep those photos when they send in the raw images in case they're beautiful enough that we want to include them in the report. And so just in terms of tracking data, distributing and getting data back, I don't have to deal with mailing out hard drives. I don't have to deal with FTP logins and distributing the correct logins. It's all just up on ArcGIS Online as soon as they get back to the hotel and get back on wireless. In terms of directly impacting um, my work, I began my career as an archaeologist, and I, I remember the joy of filling out um, photo logs and correcting photo logs if you get one off or whatever. And I, I don't have to worry about that at all with this. Every point is linked to one to four photos, depending on how artistic they're feeling on the field that day. It's just everything has become more efficient. The potential problems with transferring this data are lessened, I want to say removed, but just in terms of getting, getting field points to help us complete this study and measure the wetland change across the United States, it's been really useful to have Collector for ArcGIS um, and using ArcGIS Online. We, we had a kickoff meeting in 2017 where we were kind of introducing this concept to the cooperators. And, and I think a few of them still also bring out, you know, some paper and pencil and print it out map. But even since then, um, the new version of Collector was released by Esri and, and it's a really, really good improvement. 
if I'm still around for the next status and trend study, I'm sure that we're going to be using even more, more mobile data platforms, uh, processes, workflows. But so far, it's become a really integral part of our process, even in the last two years. Great. Thanks, Jeff. Certainly appreciate it. So well, let's go next. We're going to go to Bridget with HDR. All right, thanks, Jeremy. Uh, so, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Bridget Wagner. I'm the Mid-Atlantic Geospatial Lead. Jeremy had kind of already gone over all that. Uh, just a quick background on HDR. Um, we are an employee-owned architecture engineering construction firm. Uh, so, we were established in 1917, which feels like a pretty big deal for a private firm being over 100 years old. Um, we do have, you know, international coverage and presence, and um, we are an Esri business partner, so we really do utilize this whole suite of Esri online software, a lot of like what was just presented with Collector. Um, so we do have the online specialty designation um, because we do have a lot of proven processes for how we implement this uh, for our clients and internally for ourselves. Uh, so in terms of our uh, environmental sciences and planning group, we do have over a thousand environmental professionals throughout the company. And in specific regards to leveraging this geospatial uh, technology, we're using all of this Esri software as well as some custom applications for you know, a few examples are just these wetland delineations, analyses, um, habitat assessments, compliance monitoring surveys. I mean, you name it, um, anything in this environmental field um, we are trying to leverage the Esri platform to the fullest extent. You know, in this case, I'm just going to go over an example where, where we heavily utilize, I think, Survey123 to the, the maximum extent possible. There is really one big case study um, here that I wanted to use for Survey123 just to really emphasize the power of this commercial off-the-shelf solution. Um, so this was for our contract for the Hurricane Maria uh, damage assessments in Puerto Rico. Hurricane Maria struck Puerto Rico September 2017, and it damaged the entire island. A couple of years later, you know, jumped to 2019, um, the FHWA started issuing contracts to assess the damages on the island. And we were fortunate to win one of those contracts and assess 81 sites um, on the eastern portion of the island. And it was a combination of roads, bridges, and culverts. And it actually required, uh, it was multidisciplinary in terms of environmental, structural, hydraulics, and geotechnical. Um, and in terms of details, you know, this was a very fast-paced project. Uh, we had three field teams of four crew members, so one person representing each discipline, out in the field having to inventory up to, you know, each team inventoried about nine sites a day. This effort back in the day, you know, when disaster response, folks were primarily using paper forms. So as you can imagine, if you have four different people filling out four different forms on paper and then having to get back to the, you know, from the field back to the, the office and then having to transcribe that, make sure they've transcribed it correctly, putting that into a report, it's a crazy process. And you can't, I can't imagine anymore having not done this paper to digital transformation um, that we really leveraged. So, um, you know, we utilize iPads, uh, GPS units. Uh, we did just use Garmin Glows. These were known site locations, so GPS wasn't important. And so we were actually able to create surveys for each discipline. And, you know, in specific, since this is environmentally focused, for Section 10F, or 106, sorry, 4F, 6F, uh, endangered species. And that was all able to be, you know, input in the survey on the tablet, submitted in real time to a reachback staff we had sitting in the office, literally waiting for this data to come right back to them. 
and they could, you know, if someone finished a site in the morning, this information was submitted to our reachback staff and they were able to start working on reports. Um, and the biggest part of this was once the site was assessed, it was a seven day turnaround to deliver these reports to um, the FHWA. So that report process almost needed to start, you know, instantaneously from when the sites were inventoried. So you can imagine what the direct impacts and company impacts were for this. So obviously direct impacts, you know, streamlined data delivery and quality control. I mean, the data submitted in real time, we're providing the field crew with parameters, sometimes pre-populated where possible, and everyone's engaged and coordinated and on the same page. You know, we have a bunch of people using GIS who don't even know they're using it and how much it's making their life easier. And obviously in terms of company impact, um, again, just like what everyone else is presenting today, uh, we're setting precedence to leverage this geospatial technology. In return, we have a time and labor savings. The client engagement is also huge. You know, we're able to deliver quicker to them. We're able to have um, you know, quicker delivery time, and that way we can accommodate more requests as they come up. So um, Survey123 was um, a vital platform for this case study. Great. Thank you, Bridget. Next, we have Scott with ESI. Hi everyone, I'm Scott Denham. I'm the Wetlands and Permitting Manager for ESI. Uh, we are a consulting firm that's actually based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we have offices in PA and Orlando, Florida. We're about 60 people full-time, but we hire on a pretty large seasonal staff. We're big in the T&E surveys, mitigation design. Uh, mostly a lot what I do is 404, 401 permitting and botany surveys, so we kind of branch out all over into the public and private sector. Uh, we use a lot of the different stuff that we're covering today. We're very big in ArcGIS using Collector, uh, Survey123. Uh, we really got on the iNaturalist kick in the last year. Seems to be helping a lot of people out in the field, um, especially a lot of new people, and as well as using uh, Ecobot. What we've done is we decided to pair up Ecobot with our EOS aero units. That seems to be the GPS that just works out best for us and what we're using and something that we've used for, for a while now. And kind of process on a couple of different smaller projects in this last year and then we really pulled it out for a larger project. And it was the biggest test I think for us and for the guys at Ecobot to see, you know, kind of how it was going to help and how it was going to roll out. So for this project, and I do want to caveat this with, this is a fairly large project, so some of the numbers can seem a little bit more drastic than on a lower end project. However, we have saw similar, similar results even on smaller things. This was a 50 mile linear transmission line in Alabama that we did this on. And for us, it was uh, the paper data sheets is kind of was getting to us. We've had projects in the past where we have a lot of people out in the field, we're going out, we're doing the paper data sheets, we're having to come back and either rewrite them because of mud and water and everything else that you're gonna get out of them or just a flat out lost data sheet. Transmitting them to a you know digital copy or even just rewriting them out of a notebook. Um, so we got Ecobot and I equipped everybody with it. Um, everybody was going out on the, this project for it. And the biggest part of it was to see how fast it could speed us up in the field as well as clean up our data on the back end. So on this project, we were doing a standard determination of the extent of jurisdictional wetlands and other waters of the U.S. We were pairing it up with some other t &E surveys while we were out there, but for the most of this effort, it was some of our lead biologists just doing delineations. And 
the biggest part of it was collecting our core data sheets and also seeing how much we could fill them out while we're out there. Most of the time you have to do a little bit of due diligence either beforehand or after the fact, just based on the data sheet and where the area you're at and how comfortable you are just filling out the top portions of, of everything with, you know, your counties and the project name and everything else. Well, with using Ecobot, you pull open the first screen, you enter all that data in. And what's great about that is there is a copy feature, a clone feature that's actually on the app. And so for that, then we can kind of go through each wetland along this entire line, clone a feature and have at least the top portion of that data sheet already filled out with surveyors names and, you know, the county, the city, the project name, stuff that you have to keep rewriting over and over or have to do on the front end. So the biggest help for us on this one was collecting this data, having it, collecting as much data as you can and filling out the sheet to almost its full extent in the field to save time on the back end, QAQCing, and as well as being able to move up the line a little bit quicker. And then the data output from it is a PDF, a clean PDF of the, the core regional field form. And we were also be able to pull out GIS shape files since we had paired Ecobot with um, ArcGIS and using our EIS system. So what we found from this, and since this was a larger data set to actually deal with, we were able to complete ahead of schedule. On a project like this, everybody knows that they put out their budget. They're hoping that they get it done in a certain time frame. Obviously, weather and land access and obstacles like that are going to get in your way. So we kind of had an idea built into that. But we were able to complete ahead of our original schedule based on our land access and what we had. We were able to auto-complete 546 data sheets on this line. So this was a, a large data set, a lot of data sheets, um, data points were put into Ecobot. It made the team efficiently in the field. They were a lot quicker. Like I said, once you get to that first wetland and you start to see things, you're able to input a lot of your data. You're able to get your GPS coordinates to the point where you're standing, where you don't have to jump back and forth or write it off of the GPS. For a lot of these wetlands in certain areas down there, they were similar wetlands. So they looked almost exactly the same with just minor details difference to them, a slight difference in soil or a slight difference in percentage of of wetlands. So at that point, you're able to almost clone your entire data sheet and copy it over in a matter of seconds. And at that point, then you're drawing in your boundaries and just changing your minor details, your GPS coordinates, maybe your soil layer, things like that. So then it speeds up the field aspect of doing the data sheet that much quicker and just moving on to the next one. So we took time from going 30 to 40 minutes per wetland at times to down to 10 just based on it being so similar and not having to go down through the data sheet. Um, and that was a huge impact for, for us. For each user, it was $250 a month for the users. Uh, at one point in time, we had about nine people doing this. And for us, it ended up being a 42% additional profit margin on the project for the total budget, which seems like a high number because it is a high number and we had very good success with this one even on smaller projects of, of similar we had you know increased profit margins on what we were doing and the biggest the biggest for us was the fact that it was less time in the field and everybody knows that the less time you have to do to be in the field gives you more time to come back make your data look better and then also move on to your next project the biggest thing for us was making sure that we were able to continue moving forward. And 
we were able to do that by having less, you know, about 10 less hours of QAQC just from the PM level of getting the report together, sending the report out then to the client and it just being clean. These data sheets come through, they're, they're PDF, they're nice and neat. You can kind of click through them really fast. You don't have to try to figure out somebody's chicken scratch writing on them or see a smudge spot from dirt or anything else. So that always was a lot faster for me to review on the end. And then for this project, it was about 50 less hours in the field from the field staff based on the field delineation itself and the office combined. It saved us a lot of time because we had less data sheets to actually copy over. We were able to save them to the cloud. We were able to save them to our server, which then is awesome because they can send me stuff faster than trying to scan it on a printer and sending it up and then having to decipher what we see on it and organize them together. We were able to get this nice clean data set sent over, clean data set to the client that was appreciated. And then the core reviewers also like seeing how neat the data came through, as well as just a couple of hours of admin time saved, you know, almost per week based on having to get it together, printing them out, scanning them in, just that process. And then the cost of actually buying paper, buying ink and putting it together, you know, was a, was a big save for us. So we've been very pleased with Ecobot. It is moving forward quickly with us and something that we recommend we've been utilizing and it's been a game changer for us in the field for sure. Great. Thanks, Scott. Thank you for listening to the Ecobot podcast. On the next episode, we'll hear more from our panel as they answer questions on technologies in the field. If you like what you heard, take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about how Ecobot is helping transform the industry and to see what we can do to help your company, you can find us at www.ecobotapp.com. I'm Jeremy Shavey, and we'll see you next time on the Ecobot Podcast.